This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. everyone and welcome to the second episode of the stardom cast i'm your host rob good and i'm joined by chris o'brien how are you chris i'm fine i'm gonna get drunk tonight that's gonna be fun um i'm just happy to be talking about my favorite wrestling in the world right now so <laughs> it's a lovely little birthday present for you isn't it because it was your birthday on wednesday chris wasn't it how old were you i'm 23 now 23 years old, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone, everyone that listens to this podcast will be like, I fucking hate him. I fucking hate him. <laughs> and to be fair, I'm 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 around the same age as Tyler Bay, which makes me feel like a failure. So I can't <laughs> imagine what Tyler Bay makes you and Garth feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Look what he's doing at 23. Look at what I'm doing at 23. Yeah, I can see that to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I'm I'm struggling through uni, and he's there going, "Oh, I'm one of the best, I'm best wrestlers in the world." I'm like, "Yeah, well, fuck you, you fucking sexy man." I can't, I can't be mean to Tyler Bate. He's just so you attractive. Fucking isn't sexy it? man, damn you, you sexy bastard. <laughs> stupid sexy, stupid sexy bait. <laughs> amazing, absolutely amazing. <laughs> Tyler Bate is an absolute piece of bait. Now, um. We're not here to talk about sexy men. We're here to talk about really scary women. We're here um, to cause... talk about scary women. We are indeed, Chris. And why are we here to talk about scary women, Chris? Because <laughs> it's a stardom podcast. It is a stardom podcast. It is a stardom podcast. <laughs> like, there's, literally, there's literally no other reason. This is a podcast about stardom. What the fuck else are we meant to talk about? Um, we're here to talk about the um, 25th of January um Ninth anniversary show from Corican Hall. Um, Stardom's monthly Corican show being their anniversary show. So we pulled out all the stops. Honestly, I'd say most of this card is um, is above average, and like about half of it is amazing. And then we're we're gonna have a little, a couple points for the Osaka show, mostly because Kagetsu retired with the new champion crowned, um, and the high speed GP continues, which has been sort of nothing so far, but you know it's worth talking about. And yeah, we're just here to sort of blast through what because it's been a quiet month for Sardom, really, hasn't it? Because after um, all their post New Year um, stuff, like from this Corican to now, there's basically only been the Osaka show and the Corican show yesterday. With um, yesterday, tomorrow, today, it's at some point. Uh, in any case, we won't be covering that. We'll be covering that next time. Anyway, Rob, how much of the Corican show did you watch? So, obviously, we had the ninth anniversary show at Corican, um, which yeah. 1,602 people attended, which is an absolutely yes. st- astonishing um, 
sort of amount of people to go to this show. Um, yeah, for, no, for a non New Japan company to draw nearly two thousand is pretty rare nowadays. Absolutely, and it was a good show, like you mentioned. I watched um, everything apart from the dark match. The dark match was Tokyo Cyber Squad okay. team of Rina and Rawaka defeating the Queen's Quest team of Hina and Leo Onazaki in three minutes and thirty nine seconds. Didn't watch that. Um, so the first it was match, um, there was a really very quickly, but there was one, only one really good part of that where it was it was like a rip cord into a doodle throw. That was a cool move. I forget who did it, but like, yeah, this match was passable. <laughs> <laughs> we move on then to a three-way exhibition, really, for the high-speed GP um, with Zumi defeating Starlight Kid and Zoe Sky in six minutes and three seconds. What did you think, Chris? It was fun. I'll, every time Azumi and Starlight Kid gets into a ring, the match is automatically a six or above, but also never quite reaches above an eight. <laughs> but this was still extremely fun. Um, Zoe Sky more than kept up, which like is very hard with Azumi and Starlight Kid because they they're basically two fucking bullets um, in the ring. But no, I like I just it was a generally just an enjoyable opener nothing groundbreaking but honestly for the six minutes it is i just recommend watching it if you're going to watch through this card yeah it was high speed at its finest it was it was especially the opening was extremely quick paced like you said zoe sky kept up i thought her backpack stunner was great um though her music doesn't fit her character in any fucking way no so in any fucking way like what what should she be coming out to though what would you have her come out to just I don't know anything that's not some kind of poppy princess music, which is what seemed to come on. Because at the t- during her post uh, pre match interview, she was sort of tanning and talking about how you know she was going to beat Azumi and stuff like it, and being effectively acting like a heel. And then her music hits, and it's like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Honestly, I think she needs hip hop. She like she's a hip hop character. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of really embrace that as opposed to the weird techno dance music that we seem to be enduring during that match. Um, it's a small complaint. Like you mentioned earlier, I thought Azumi and Starlight Kids exchanges were the best, um, though the double sunset flip pinfall attempt looked a bit messy. Um, but yeah, but that, like, I think that's the spot best. When you consider how young we are and how hard it is to do that spot well, like Osprey and Saber in the in their match barely managed to do like sunslip um flips into flips well and they're two of the best in the world, so and honestly I kind of let them off on that one. Yeah, fair enough. I gave it six altogether. Yeah, I'd give it a six. It's like it's very unlikely for a match going six minutes to reach seven, but also like a match that goes ten minutes can reach nine. So like it's weird how times work in wrestling. Anyway, the next match was <laughs> The six man tag team not match. Not much then. to talk about, to be honest. But, not you know, at all. It, not at it, all. It was on Yeah. It was um it was a Wadatai team of Natsu Kotora, Natsu ah, Natsu Sumire and Saki versus um the young stars team of people I'm not even gonna bother naming because I'm not gonna have to worry about then who the names are for like five years yet. Apart from Ida, who is getting much better and I'm really enjoying her. Yeah. Ida's my age. She doesn't look my age, does she? No, neither none of this team look above about fourteen. Well, yeah, Ida's twenty two. <laughs> Ida's 20. How old's Hoshino? Um, Hoshino is... She's one of the young ones. Oh, Hoshino's 22 as well. Kamatani? Kamatani is 23. Oh, these are... Oh, I thought... They all look 15. They do. They do all look ridiculously young. And like you say, you're probably not going to have to worry about them for another couple of years yet before they, you know, really ascend into the main well, event scene. That, 
Eda's starting to like. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Eda's in the five star this year. So, yeah, but um, she's not going to do well in the five star, is she? No, she's going to be a um, pin eater, but or like maybe she'll take someone big to a draw. But although um, this match was definitely set up just to get Saki's heel character over, it's her first big show since turning. And I don't know. I, I prefer her in a time just because in Stars she was literally just a nothing. Like she was in last month, and you probably don't remember a damn thing about her. No, not at all. I, I remember the turn, but that that's unfortunately literally it, which is quite a shame, really, isn't it? Yeah, no, and I've been watching for ages, and Saki sort of had no matches of note, really. Like, she's been in a few good six-mans, but, like, she's literally been the worst person in the six-man. So, um, honestly, the best part of this match was when Ida, like, literally hulked up and became Walter for a little while. <laughs> yeah, and it it was five star, It was five stars for me. I, honestly, I'd, get, I'd give it a six just because Ida hulking up. I was like, holy shit, she's finally lost it. I don't think it was anywhere near as good as the Izumi Starlight Kid Zoe Sky match. And since we're giving that a six, I don't think we can no. give this six man a six, uh, six, to be perfectly honest. Well, the high six versus the low six here, I think. And I'm not going to argue with you because we're going to have even bigger disagreements as this card goes on. I can imagine so. Um, let's move on then. Third match Tam Nakano defeating Kagetsu in 10 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, Tam Nakano, again looks adorable and then just unleashes which is just absolutely fucking terrifying it's such a it's such a juxtaposition isn't it it's like if garth suddenly like came out as this amazingly progressive person <laughs> uh we can say what we want about garth on this one because i don't think he's going to listen to this one yeah he's definitely not going to listen like it's like if garth came out and it's like you know what i agree with the person who's offended <laughs> um Kagetsu, really, really good. It's such a shame she's retiring. Obviously, I know there's um, she backstage really stuff here. She really story in the post-match, did Kagetsu. She did, she did. And I'm glad like, it only went 10 re- minutes as well. Yeah, but honestly, this is probably the best match in the 15 minutes all year. Um, Yeah, I'd, I'd argue it's it's up there, definitely. Like, the, only, the only real competition it has is Zack versus um, Sabre. Uh, Tokyo Dome, but I'd argue this is better because this match actually felt like a fully formed epic within 10 minutes. Yeah, and like it, this... it didn't feel like 10 minutes either. It it flowed by really, really well. It, at no point did it feel like it was going too long, you know, as it wouldn't do at 10 minutes, but it, it flowed very well. The story was put together very well. Yeah, but it's flow, but also the story was told like Kagetsu going out the ring, sort of just sauntering about. Yeah. And then um, coming back in, and then they're just throwing bombs at each other for the rest of the match. Um, Tam Nakano is somehow getting better, and she was already one of the best to start when I started watching about six months ago. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, obviously, I've seen very limited amounts of Tam Nakano, but this was this was great. This was really, really good, and I actually preferred this to the Arisa match. Um, I'm actually inclined to agree with you. I gave it a nine. I gave it an eight, but I'm willing to give it a nine. Yeah, especially since, again, we have a massive disagreement coming up. But yeah, no, this match was, like, honestly, and for that 10 minutes, you don't really have much of an excuse. Seriously, check this out. Because then after the, after the match, um, Tam getting really emotional with Kagetsu, so going, thank you for letting me out of the website so I can actually follow this. Like, it was, like, again, it was a fully formed story within 10 minutes. And, like, I'm, it's refreshing with stardom. Because, again, we're, we're in a climate 
a climate in New Japan where unless there's a never open weight match, title matches feel like they have to go twenty five or longer. Whereas in like Stardom, we're just sort of like we'll let we'll give them as much time as they need, and then we'll just let them get on a bit. Like seriously, the runtime of this whole show is ninety minutes, and the whole thing's great. So, yeah, I agree. Um, moving on then to the first championship match of the show, and it was the Goddesses of Stardom title match, which is again Stardom's tag team titles with the team of B Priestley and Jamie Hayter defeating the Tokyo Cyber Squad team and the current champions Jungle Kiona and Konami in twelve minutes and fifty-five seconds. I have a question, Chris, regarding this. So yeah, go ahead. obviously, Jamie at the time of re- at the time of this match, Jamie Hater is in Oida Tai, and B Priestley is in Queen's Quest. Now, in our first yeah. podcast, we talked about how the units are very strict, or far more strict than they are in New Japan. So why yeah, is less... it? It's honestly, I think it's because um, two reasons. One, there's new owners, so I think there's just people sort of getting into this seeing things with that and also um there's been an unbelievable exodus with a like let me put it this way with five pro dlc there's three people from a who went in which was andras kagetsu and and hazuki kagetsu and hazuki have retired and andras got kicked out of a so what was like very anemic even so you know so like this is sort of a this is um the turn that's happened um, like from the night was all down to that and with B Priestley and Jamie Hayter they're an established tag team from the tag league and that was before the Bushi Road buyout and like honestly it was just because they're the Gaijins so okay so that was what I wanted to ask because that was what confused me with you having obviously said that you know the unit and factions in stardom are far more strict than they are in New Japan I just wanted to check that yeah I I, I completely I, I did completely forget that was the um, but they did tag team. It's literally just because Priestley was the champion. She didn't want to team with anyone. And like, assume, basically in Queen's Quest, Azumi was already taken, which is who B would want to tag with. So she was like, fuck it. I'm having hater. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Fair enough. So this match then, Chris, um, I love the dynamic between Jamie and B. I think it's great. Um, Jungle in this match, I thought she did a great job. Her and Jamie Hayter, Jungle as you've already mentioned. Here, yeah. I just thought the fact the shit out of each other. But then even when she was literally on her last leg, she's kneeling down, she's getting the shit beaten out of her by Jamie Hater, she didn't tag out because she was like, No, I need to beat Jamie Hater. And she didn't tag Konami in for absolutely fucking ages. And I thought that was a really, no, she... really good story beat. Yeah, she didn't tag in Konami until she absolutely had to. Um like honestly, Kiona and Konami are two of the like most underpushed people in wrestling right now. It's kind of criminal. Especially with Kiona, but like actually some of that happened on the ninth anniversary show, um, in Osaka. Um, that sort of changed, which I'm very happy about. But like there's one spot in this match I want to mention, Rob, and it's gonna seem so minor that you're gonna hate me, but also like I really appreciated it. So you know how there's an unwritten rule in wrestling where like if you even touch doing a submission or a pin in um in a tag match that gets broken up yes it's extremely annoying yes in this konami came in started kicking the shit out of b and b didn't let go of a submission which was brilliant because that is exactly what you should do no exactly until the point where like literally i'm in so much pain i cannot hold it like you should never unless it's like a fucking abushi or a wrestler kick you should not let go of the first kick no never and i thought that was really really good there was a there was a moment as well. There was um, a tag team move between, t- um, 
Konami and um, Kyo, uh, Jungle, where they did a drop kick assisted power bomb onto B. So they got um, B yeah. up in a power bomb with Jamie Hayter on the floor, and then um, I think Konami came off the top, drop kicked B, and the power bomb onto Jamie. I just I really really loved that. I thought that was great. Um, despite that, there was still some really really botchy bits in it from Jamie Hayter. Um, uh-huh. so for example there was a suicide dive which looked incredibly botchy um, and then there was a lariat which just looked it looked really really messy um, and I don't know I don't know whether that it didn't take anything away from it for me that much um, but it was something that I did notice and it was on more than one occasion I don't know if you noticed that Chris I did and like within the grand scheme of stardom where everything is so crispy and jamie sort of stand out as not being crisp but i think that sort of lends it to him i think that sort of lends like it's like in all japan in the 90s with hansen how he was very different so i kind of like it but also yeah sometimes it does look a bit messy um i think honest but honestly i don't i don't it didn't affect the match quality for me just okay. because, like, the main driving force of this match was Jungle Kiona and her selling and her being one of the best in stardom. I love Jungle so much. Yeah, it was it was really, really good. Um, of course, we did have a title change here, though, with B winning with a Japanese Ocean Cyclone Suplex. Oh, mm- she's not allowed to call her that. Oh, is she not? <laughs> do you want to hear about the drama? Of course I want to hear about the drama. Love a bit of drama. So do you know who invented that move? Uh, Aja Kong. No, Made it was Manami Toyota. <laughs> to be fair, it was one of Kong's greatest tracks. Anyway, it was Manami Toyota, and um, B didn't ask permission before taking it. Right, so she's not so, allowed to call it so that. So, yeah, so she, she basically she has heat with Manami Toyota, and Stardom don't want that. Um, so it's like she called it the Queen's Landing, which I think is a better, move to, uh, better name, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. That's a far better like, name. I, like I'm sure there's going to be a Joshi fan listening going, "Uh, go watch big wrestling, big egg wrestling university cunts," but um, no. I don't care. It's a better name. Probably. Yeah, it is a better name. I agree. Although, uh, like some some Joshi fans do give people like that Joshi fan in Inside the Ropes. I won't name his name, but if you're in Inside the Ropes, you know him. And like he was trying to sell Joshi to someone, going, "How can someone say no to a former softcore erotica staff beating the shit out of someone?" I'm like, honestly, if that's how Joshi was explained to me, I would never tried sadly no it does need to be explained a little bit better than that no um, exactly like but you either need to like go hey look they're really fast matches like imagine if lucha underground and new japan had a baby or um you need to go to do what i did and wear down um your podcast co-host for about six months before they give up <laughs> um jamie hater and b Priestley, of course become the first gaijin team to hold the goddesses of stardom title so yeah i believe the gaijin has held the title but not a gaijin team no um i'll double check that right now because there's not been a ton of um let's see um tie ranks but yeah um honestly jungle and um thingy have held it so long that it's not that big i'm not that sad that they've lost it yeah so i'm just re- and like again, I think after um, B had a, had, in some people's estimation, a bad reign. I thought it was really good personally. Um, but yeah, it's probably the best place for her to be in the tag team division. And honestly, for the way B wrestles, which is very like 
quick, high impact, and then fucking off. I think it, I, it's, it really fits her. So um, it doesn't look like there's any. Oh no, Haley Hatred. I think she can't be Japanese. But, oh, Alpha Female. She's definitely not Japanese. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's been um, Gaijins, but not Gaijin teams. Cool. Um, just quickly, um, do you think it's the right? Oh, what would you rate oh, this match? Well. I was going to say, do you? Yeah, don't matter. Um, I'd give it seven. See, I gave it an eight, mostly because of um, the not breaking up spot. I would have given it eight, but you had two botchy spots from Jamie, and then you there was a bit that really annoyed me with being. I know it sounds like I'm being really, really picky. She was there was a snap there, and then um, I think it was Jungle came off the ropes and hit her in the back with a kick and be tensed about an hour and a half too early. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds like yeah, being she's... really picky. But, like, I guess if someone, like, Jungle's fairly sizable, so I guess if someone's running, someone like Jungle's running at you and you know there's not enough space to do anything, that's what you do. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. I'll I'll concede. I'll give it eight. That's fine. Yeah. Um, what we have to remember is that I'm really, really, really enthusiastic about Stardom, and Rob Stov just not as enthusiastic as me. He still loves it, but like he's not as enthusiastic as me. I do enjoy watching Stardom. I wouldn't say I love it. It's it's great, and I do well, enjoy the, watching it. It's, it's it's really easy to watch as well, just because the show again the shows are about maybe ninety minutes long if you um, skip some of the promos. Yeah, which like absolutely. I do because like on like where well, something like Tam versus Kagetsu, it matters. But like, who the fuck cares what Zoe Sky has to say? Hey, she was tanning. That's what she had to say. Um, we well, move on then although, to. Um, Go on, sorry. If you want some good pre-match. If you, if you want some good pre-match interviews for Stardom, go go watch some old Chris Wolf ones. Chris Wolf. They're amazing. Okay. She's like, I'm a wolf. I'm gonna eat people. Fair enough. What do you think? Fair it's enough. Like, I like tasty meat. Are you tasty meat? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, WWE would love shit like that. Absolutely love shit like that. Um gadget. <laughs> we move on then to a six woman tag team match with the team uh well Julia's team, we won't uh, tell you who came out, and two mystery partners defeating the Tokyo Cyber Squad team of Hanakamura, Death Yamasan, and Layla Hirsch in 14 minutes and 8 seconds. So, first thing to point out about this match are the two people that came out to team with Julia, and that is Micah and Siori Kondo. Um, Chris, do you know anything about these two? Um, I've, I really hope you're not going to ask me to... <laughs> elaborate on who these people are because quite frankly i do not know fair enough that's all i, I, I wanted I, to that's know a lie, actually i asked I, I asked some like in the stardom group like um who are these people and like apparently i can't remember which one's which but one of them is fairly new and the other one's like one of the best freelancer joshi's going so not going to complain fair enough like, um... I'm, I'm sure if you're a joshi fan you were popping yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I didn't know who they were, but that's that's by the by. Ridiculous as this sounds, they now me. they both impressed me. Yeah, I mean, this there was there wasn't a lot in this match itself apart from those two people debuting as Julia's partners and obviously what came afterwards. But my favorite person in this match, and I know it, this sounds ridiculous, was Death Yamasan. Now, I don't like her. I think it's a ridiculous gimmick, but I love the way that she emotes using her rock hands. 
So if she's really happy, they're enthusiastic rock hands. But there was a moment where she was stuck in the rope in the middle of three feet being stamped on her head by this team. And she was doing really sad rock hands. And then when they lost... Are, are, you, starting to, are, you, are you starting to turn the corner on Daffy Amistad? No, I think the gimmick is absolute horseshit. But I just found her emoting using but rock you, hands really you, funny. Liked that... It's... I, I agree. Her corner bit where she's supposed to do it in time with her death, death, death and cannot do it in fucking time really winds me up. Why? Just do it in time. I don't understand. I do not understand. Biometric... Do what you have to do with your guitarist and have to learn how to be in time. Buy a metronome and just do it until you can do it. Exactly. Um, Um, I thought, actually, she was made to look very, very good here. Her Springboard Moonsault looked absolutely fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's like Eichner's, wasn't it? Yeah, really, really good. Um, There was a few clunky, messy bits. There was one point where they were doing, uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad were doing the, uh, they had all three members in different corners and they were just sort of like running around mentally and just attacking ones. And Layla Hirsch sort of stood in the middle not really knowing what to do. That looks a little bit messy. Um, But all in all, I thought she looked great. Um, it was a secondary match, really. Let's put it that way to put over this new stable. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, I, I like the the MMA look just because it's fairly unique to Stardom, but also just because I watch NXT on occasion, she just strikes me as a mini Shayna Baszler. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she eventually ends up taking the pin from Julia with, is her finishing move the Glorious yeah. Buster? I believe so. Like, it's, she's getting better at it. <laughs> she, well, it's better than when she tried to do it like, on Hannah Kimura. It's not like last yeah. time where she was really struggling with it. Like, she actually hit it fairly... She was hitting it fairly cleanly in this match. She was. Um, anyway, after after the match, um, Hannah Kimura gives this promo, which was fucking brilliant, where she just basically slagged off these two women, saying they were night walkers, um, told them they were ugly. Basically, she was a 16-year-old girl at high school, just slagging them off. In really, really childish ways, and then she said, "Arriba there, walked I'll off." Give, that's one. That's one really good thing I'll give Hannah. She's probably the best promo in Stardom. Yeah, and she's um, massively, I, massively I, over. Yeah, I think like, it's sort of like how like I care more about New Japan promos now that Chris Shelton's there. Because um, honestly, my biggest problem was I can't know if this is a good promo. I don't know what they're saying. Now that I know what they're saying, I'm like, oh, this was actually really good. I and mean, then you can sort of fit it in with delivery. Um, I do like how she got on the mic immediately and went, hey, do you think you're impressive because you beat my fucking bodyguard? Yeah, it was like, oh, cheers, Hannah. That's what you think of Layla. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but um, then Julia sort yeah. of introduced a new stable. They're called Donna Del Mondo, which is Women of the World. Yeah. Um, got no reaction, but Julia covered this really, really well by saying, um, "Don't worry, just check my street, my uh, my social media afterwards. You'll get used to it." And everyone laughed. So she is getting better. Yeah, um, I, I think honestly, I think she was just like the fact that she's just been putting random singles matches to start with just sort of turned me off her. Also, like, I guess if she's coming in to make her own stable that makes sense honestly i think her making her own stable is just a um way so they have five teams going into the draft if they do the draft um i'm not sure if Bootsy road are going to do that but honestly i hope they do because like i know you haven't seen i don't know if you've seen a draft but they are really fun like they're not like great wrestling or anything they're just fun i thought there was six stables um, now with uh, like last year, Ta- hang on stars awelitai tcs 
um, Domando and Queen's Quest. No, five. I thought there was another one. Doesn't matter. Carry on. Well, um, Jungle Kiana used to have one, but they got knocked out in the draft last year. No, I remember. I remember you saying about that before. Um, but not this match. I'm like, I'm not gonna lie and say there's any, there's anything really worth talking about in this match other than the Moon Cell and who was in it. Like, it's just it's so, as a match, it's just fair, but like, it's not there to be a great match because. To be fair, Def Yamasan is in the highest position she'll probably ever be. So. I agree. Former high speed champion, Def Yamasan. Jesus Christ. What are we giving this? I'd give this a four. There's not there's not much to I, say about I, it. I want to give it a four. It's not below average. Really? You're gonna give it a five? Yeah, because it's not below average. Like honestly honestly, like because for two, um Julia's new partners impressed me. Like the only bad part was when Def Yamasan started being Def Yamasan, but even then I found that fairly entertaining just because I knew how much you'd hate it. So like honestly, I I think giving it a four is very harsh when you consider what we've given a four in the past. Yeah, most Nakanishi matches. Yeah, I'm I'm still not conceding four though. I think that's mean. All right, we'll give it five. Fine, um, but I'm not conceding this next match. Right, so. Right, you you have to concede somewhat because we are fairly far apart. But it's Arisa Hashiki uh, versus Utami Hayashita, and okay, I'm gonna let you rant because it's what we do. If someone has a rant, we let them get out of the way. So, Wonder of Stardom title belt on the line, um, and we have Arisa, like you say, and Utami. Um, starts okay. Um, Utami starts with quite a lot of dominance, um, and then sort of. Pardon me, Arissa sort of turns the tides with a big uh, step up knee. We then go to the outside where um, Arissa starts slamming Utami's head into the um, into the ring apron. At this point, Utami is bust open, and it's hard way. Um, and she's then quite clearly rattled. So whether she is concussed or whether she is just rattled is unclear. But if she was concussed, she wouldn't wrestle at the next show. Well, in that case, there's absolutely no excuse for the sloppiness that followed. Um, because if she's concussed and if she battled through it, or if she's got a severe, you know, if she's got a head injury, then that that's fair enough. You can sort of excuse the sloppiness. But there was too much sloppiness in this match, especially towards the end, for this head injury not to be real. So if you're telling me that the head injury was not real and it was all done as part of the match to add some sort of effect to the match, then I'm sorry, the match was wank. Um, there was people not being 